We are talking about the book of James. We've been talking about uh, uh, James was a brother of Jesus, and as the church was just getting started, he sent out this kind of um, letter. Uh, we don't know exactly when, and we don't know exactly to who it was addressed to, but we do know that there was a long-standing tradition that a lot of Christians early when they met in groups and they met in little, uh, well, kind of like this really, they would read this, this letter and it was kind of a helpful guideline to them of just kind of what uh, things we can do to help us to uh, practice our faith, things that we can do to uh, help show the world what Christianity is all about because at that time it was still a very new thing and in some cases uh, even today for a lot of people it's a still a very new thing. Uh, we talked yes, uh, last Sunday, and then this Sunday we're going to continue. Uh, he says this, You must understand this, my beloved. Let everyone be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger, for your anger does not produce God's righteousness. And then he says, But be doers of the word, and not merely hearers who deceive themselves. What in the world is he talking about here? Uh, how, what do you do, I'm going to quote Fred Rogers here, what do you do with the mad that you feel? When you're angry at somebody, when you get mad at somebody, what do you do about it? Anybody want, want to volunteer? Do you, do you stomp your feet? Do you yell? Do you do things like that? Most of us, it seems like today we just do this. I'm going to just write a comment on my Facebook page. I'm, that'll show them. You know, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to give a frowny face to every one of their family posts, and I'm going to talk about them. And, or I'm going to go online, and I'm going to make a video, and I'm going to tell the world just how rotten I was treated by this person. And we do all this kind of stuff. We talk about people, but we don't talk to people anymore. We don't have conversations anymore. We love to still be angry. It used to be in days when when you would get upset about something, if, if I got upset with, with you, I had no choice but just to talk to you about it. There, there were no outlets. There, there were no things that I could uh, go. There, I could gossip about you. You know, I could say, oh, yeah, he's short and bald, but I'm short and bald, so that doesn't really help the argument there at all. But we could, you know, but now we, we have so many outlets that allow us to talk about instead of to and I'm not sure if that really helps our anger. And as the James is telling us, it's not really sure that it really helps us in our, in our faith, in, in evolving our faith and growing our faith. Because our faith is all about, if you look at the, uh, the, the Gospels, our faith is really all about kindness and love. Treating people, including ourselves, with respect, dignity, honor. And so if I'm upset with you, and I go and talk to somebody else about you, I'm, I'm not treating you with kindness or respect that you deserve. Do you ever know that most cases, when somebody gets mad at us, oftentimes we don't even know that we did anything? Or sometimes we, we blow it off and we just kind of go our own way, and we don't have no idea that a person is staying up all night thinking about this one thing. And then we see a post online or we see something where someone's talked about us and stuff, and it's a shock to us. We're blindsided by it. Whereas if we did something where I was just kind of upset and we talked about it right then, we might be able to make that molehill go away before it becomes a mountain. We might be able to actually communicate with each other 
And sometimes if, if I did something that upset somebody, I'd want to know. I, I, I would want to know. And as Christians, that's really what we're called to do. We're not just called to, we're not called to point fingers. We're not called to, to, to uh, uh, be higher than. We're called to actually promote what Christ called us to do, and that is peace and love throughout the world. That's what we're called to do. Now, I want to share a story, speaking of Jesus. Uh, well, church, speaking of Jesus. Mark 2, uh, 13 through 17. Jesus has been walking around, and he is talking with people. He has seen people, and just the very things that he is speaking of are revolutionary, and they're scary to people. Jesus was the first person that didn't talk about God as a thing, but he talked about a, uh, God as, as, as me. He talked about authority. He said things with authority. He said, uh, not only may God uh, heal you, he said, I'm healing you. Uh, I'm forgiving you. That was really scary to people because he was talking about God in the first person, and they didn't know what that was about. But what was even more scary to him and to others was that he was talking to people that other people didn't talk to. He would heal people that other people did not want healed, truthfully did not want healed. Because the healing that Jesus did, if he saw somebody, did you ever notice that most of the time when he healed somebody, it was they were outside the city or they were outside of this. They were outsiders. When you were a person that had an ailment many times, People judged you that something you did must have caused that. That somehow God was mad at you or didn't like you. And so the further that you stayed away from society, the better. We often look at Jesus' healing as just, bang, you know, this miracle happened. And we focus just on the healing. But the radical thing, the thing that was really scaring people at the time, okay, there were people, there were doctors back then, there were people that could actually help people like this, okay? So people weren't, some were surprised when the miracle happened, but the thing that was really shaking the ground was that once this person was healed, that meant that they were now part of this society. That was why Jesus was doing this. That's why he would get so frustrated when people would just say, I got an ache right there. And it just, you know, it was, it was not about just the healing. It was about the welcoming. It was about telling every single person inside and outside that they were okay. That's what that was about. And so when we look at anger and things like this, let's go into this story here. Jesus is walking around. He's been healing people. He's been uh, delighting people. People are just ecstatic about what he's doing. The movement is starting to take wave, and he's got disciples around him, and they're all excited because they get to be walking with Jesus, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And he, they be treated well and all this. But the religious leaders, the politicians, they're watching it really closely because this is getting scary. Because he's becoming popular, and the one thing that they don't like is popularity, especially when it's tr talking about other people. Jesus is walking around, and over here, he sees a tax collector. Now, tax collectors back then, 
they weren't nice people. They weren't liked people. They were not respected. In fact, for a, a Jewish person, they were more hated in many cases than the authorities, than the empire. Why? Because the tax collector was somebody that worked so closely with the Roman centurion and they would repeatedly take the money from the Jewish people and they would rip them off. They would steal from them. They would disrespect them. They would uh, rob from them, all legal, because they had the centurion behind them, and so they got to be the bullies. And the reason that the Jewish people hated it so much is because the tax collectors were Jewish. They were their own people turning against them. It's one thing to have an empire come in and you know, have the, the outsiders be the bullies, but to have your own people be that wicked to you you would be fishing out there and you would have a good day of fishing and you would catch things and you would think I'm going to be able to make it this year, that I'm going to be able to survive, I'm going to be able to bring money to my family. But before you ever got even that close to home, the tax collector was right there surrounded by Roman guards and he would say, all right, you had a pretty good take today. Let's see what you got. And you would find your profits just to be taken from you. And a little bit off the top, it's one thing to, to follow the, uh, the law, because you can kind of expect how much you're going to pay. It's another thing to have them just say, you know, I just, I got a new scooter today, so I'm going to have you pay for that. Jesus sees him, and he says, uh, hey, come with me. Not come with me like I want to talk to you. Come and join us. And the disciples, many of them fishermen, had to have been floored by this because he just went to the other side, the enemy. We have division in our world today, okay? Whatever your division is, this is Jesus at this time saying to the other side, come on and, and join us. And in the movies, we usually see this guy, and he's like, <gasps> Jesus. And he just floats in air, and suddenly he just leaves every sin behind him, and he's just, you know, dancing, and, just, and suddenly there's songs and birds, and he's a changed man. But not exactly how it happened. He comes with him, but every single one of us there are things that, that we change. But when we first come to Christ, a lot of times we come as we are. And that was the same with this man. He was having a party that night. And he wanted Jesus to come to the party. Now, we often uh, look at this as in, in the movies and all the depictions and everything. It's, uh, it's, it's almost like a a little cocktail party, you know, and he's just among friends and he's saying, Jesus, tell me about things because my friends all want to know. And Jesus is able to talk about stuff. This is a guy that his only world, his world, the only thing that he knew, uh, the only people that he knew were like him. We often hang out with people that are like us, right? Well, he was hanging around uh, thieves, other tax collectors, sinners, uh, people that uh, were considered 
completely outcast by the Jewish people, traitors to the Jewish people. Uh, the other side completely on the political spectrum, they were it. And this party was just hopping. It was a nice party. It had music. It had uh, all the kind of food and everything. I mean, it was like the party that you would expect a thief to throw. The guest list was not the upper crust. The guest list was the scum of the earth. They were the thieves. They were the prostitutes. They were the, all of the people, the gluttony, everything. And Jesus says he'll go. And so suddenly Jesus is sitting in this party with all of these losers and thieves and people that everybody hates. And so the religious leaders, they are on the outside of the door. They're not going to go in because even to go into this place is to defile yourself because they're so icky. And they're on the outside and they're looking at him. How can he do this? What the... This guy, we were just following him, and now he's doing that? You know, and you know that there were people that were just saying, you know, I don't like any of the things that they're doing over there. You know, that's no way to cook a roast. You know, that's not, you know, uh, what is that, bacon? We don't even eat bacon. That's why are they doing that? And just, you know, and they're just, they're kind of like the, you know, every one of us, we can get catty sometimes. Uh, if someone's bad-mouthing somebody, we can join in. And it'll start with a theme like, their sinners were not. But you know that there was nitpicking. Like, I don't even like that outfit. You know? I don't like that hat that they're doing. You call that paint? They don't know how to paint a wall. You know? That's, this music, I'm more of a country singer. They, I don't like the stuff that they're doing. You know, and they're just out there nitpicking. And Jesus, in the other time, actually hears what's going on. And Jesus was so cool because he had sass. Jesus had sarcasm. He had uh, a twinkle in his eye. And he just said, you know, I haven't been called here to um, heal the, the righteous. I've been called here for the sinners. I've been called here for the unhealthy. And here's the, here's the rub. If you follow Jesus' thing, now this made people take a step back, like, okay, yeah, he's doing this stuff. But the thing that he's trying to tell them that they don't understand, if you read the, the gospel, all of them, you're going to find a common theme, and that is Jesus that says we're all sinners, every one of us. Uh, so for a moment, the people on the outside were thinking, oh, that's right, we're the righteous ones. <laughs> He's called to be the sinner. Okay, you go ahead and, and you know, go, go you know, and do that, and then you'll come back to us righteous ones. He was actually saying, this here is a mirror, and you're looking right at yourselves. Every single one of us is a sinner. Every single one of us has done something and continues to do things in this world that keep us from being that perfect individual. And that's what Christ is trying to point out. And he's saying, you know, rather than being on the outside here, this is the equivalent of going online and 
writing in the chats because they're talking about no one's talking to. The example that Christ is telling us is that if you've got a problem with people, find common ground. Because deep inside, deep inside we're all the same. We have many similarities. And the more that we can start, the more that we can sit down and break bread together, the more that we can work out the things that we have in common and help us give strength when it comes to the things that we don't have in common. It's easy for me to just say, I don't like that one thing that you do, so therefore you're a villain of me, and I'm just going to talk about you, not to you. I'm going to, you stay on your side of the fence. I'm going to stay on my side of the fence. It's harder. It's much harder when we start to realize there are things that we actually agree on. There's things that we like. We're so polarized by politics now. I got news for you. Jesus was around before Democrats and Republicans. Long before. But he was around when there was polarization. And he was around when there was division. And he broke bread with everybody. Because that's the way we work out our differences. The more we can talk to rather than about, the closer we come to truly being what Christ calls us to be. That's what doers of the word is that James was talking about. Our anger can flood us and it can make us go to places where we just villainize everybody. Are doers of the word, remember the word is also called the good news. It's about Christ being there for all of us, welcoming all of us, loving all of us, being there. And we're called to be there for others. The early churches, it was about uh, reaching out, it was about feeding the poor, it was about helping the poor in spirit, it was about being there for each other. That's doers of the word. So if I am villainizing you, if I'm saying that you don't matter, if I'm saying that um, you stay on your side, I stay on my side, quite frankly, it just doesn't match what we as Christians are called to do. I got a question for you. I'm going to ask Will to come up here and, and do just about like 20 seconds of, of music. In your own in your own world, we always talk about, with, with uh, the pandemic and everything, our, our, our safety bubbles and things like that. Let's just look at your own safety bubble, okay? How can you be a doer of the word? If that word is uh, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, if that's the word, how are we being doers of it? Are we on the outside of any situation, catty and talking bad? Or are we actually sitting down and sharing a meal? Just about 20 seconds just to, to think about that. You can talk at your table if you want. But how are we doers of the word? Yeah, most of us uh, in hearing the story probably know that that person that Jesus called, uh, his name was Levi, otherwise known as Matthew. And Matthew uh, became a uh, very powerful force in, in uh, the gospel, uh, a teacher of the faith, 
and we also have a, a book credited to him. When you tell those stories, I always want us to put ourselves in every position. Uh, I think we've been in those parties before in our lives, one form or another. And I think we've been outside, uh, bad-mouthing and talking and judging. I invite us this week to ask ourselves, have we put ourselves where Jesus sat? to be the bridge between the both, to be there, to welcome, to change lives, not to judge, not to ridicule, not to talk bad about, and, and not to be, you know, uh, living this life all the time, you know. Uh, Jesus is about change. It's about bettering ourselves. And so uh, when I'm sure that when Matthew joined Jesus, he didn't continue to steal from people because that didn't match the faith anymore. Are we there? Are, are we opening the doors for people? Are we being there for others? Are we not taking it so seriously where we just stand afraid all the time? Are we loosening up enough where we can say, uh, having a meal and talking to somebody, even if they disagree with us, is not a threat, but it could be a blessing. May we love God, may we love ourselves the way that God loves us, and may we love our neighbor the way that God loves us.